Adam, Adam O'Brien, how you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, obviously heard the news about Kaylin. Yeah, great stuff. You're buzzing. Mate, so good. Yeah, mate, what can I do you for? Shoot. Uh-huh, just going through the new contract. Yeah, mate, anything I can do, yep. Right, you got to find him a new place. I do, yeah, I have a spare room. Uh-huh. Right, what's in the contract? Feed him, no worries, we can do that. What, wash his clothes? Uh, yeah, sure, mate, yeah, I, I can I can do that. Bedtime stories. Right, okay. What else What else you got for me? Bathe him. Uh, are you sure that's in the contract? Yeah. Uh, look, no, it's, it's not off the table. I, I guess, um, you know, we've all got to contribute. We've got a premiership to win. Um, just going to have to chat to the missus, mate. Yeah, all right, I'll get back to you. Cheers, Adam. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Oh. Hang on for me. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show season two. Episode 23, my name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, I can say that tonight because we're a few troops short. Um, Just peeling back the curtain, we're recording today on Anzac Day, so wishing everyone um, the very best day there, but um, we'll have the full crew back on deck next week. So just a bit of a one-on-one show uh, with myself and the listeners, which I'm really excited about. But um, yeah, before we get carried away, let's jump into the warm-up. And the one. And a two, and a one, two, three. Why you not the Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. Yeah, it's a shame that uh, Dana's not here. I'm just looking at the run sheet and uh, uh, the question that she's got down here for the warm-up. Uh, I'd be really interested to hear what her answer is. But uh, anyway, what has she got for us? She's got, you go to pay for your groceries and realise you forgot your wallet. Which player is behind you and would uh, and, and would pay it forward. Um, good question, Dana. Uh, look, for me, you know, you'd, you'd probably have to say Kalen Ponger after the mega deal that he signed the other day. Mm-hmm. He certainly would have the uh, uh, the dollars to be able to afford it. But, um, yeah, look, probably couldn't go past Jakey Trevojevic as well. Um, as we know, one of the game's uh, true gentlemen. So, for me, um, yeah, if, if I was stuck in line, I, th- I think Jake would probably pay for mine and probably everyone behind me. So Jakey T, uh, but yeah, how about Caelan Ponger and those dollars and cents? All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Is Cameron Smith, this outstanding leader. Thurston, he hits it, he's yes! got it! He's got the field goal! Andrew job inside for Elba. You just knew something special was going to happen. Yeah, and this week on All Ball, our Player in Focus uh, segment, we continue with our Legend series, uh, and it is none other than Andrew Johns. Um, yeah, look, for me, it's going to be a pretty special episode. Um, you know, as the listeners know, I'm a massive Newcastle Knights fan, and Andrew Gary Johns was certainly a big part of my fandom growing up. But uh, yeah, look, if we, if we take it all the way back, um, you know, I think it's quite interesting when you reflect on his career. Um, you know, I know personally growing up as a fan, it, it's just unbelievable to think that you know, someone that just plays in, in the local town of Cessnock can sort of go on and, and, and you know, 
uh, I guess, deliver one of the all-time careers in rugby league and go down as, you know, potentially the greatest player of all time. But, um, you know, uh, standing at 5'10", 89 kilos, really interesting um, young player coming through the Newcastle uh, Knights system. Um, You know, I think there are sort of different uh, performances from rookies when they sort of push themselves into first grade. I think, you know, one of the most impressive things about Andrew Johns was the way in which he started. You know, his debut game, he hit the ground running. He absolutely put on a clinic, um, you know, scored a record amount of points. And you knew from that moment that, you know, the the, the Newcastle Knights were were onto something special. 23 points against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, Yeah, it's, it's pretty special. And, you know, I still feel like you, you, you know, a lot of different clubs get that feeling on, you know, on occasion where, you know, a young rookie will come into your team and, and whether you're not tracking along too, you know, too well. Um, and if they put in a strong performance, there's just this massive amount of hope in and around the Newcastle Knights and, or in and around your club, sorry. And when Andrew Johns debuted, that was certainly the feeling. Um, and then obviously having his brother there was, was something that was pretty special. You know, in terms of trying to capture um, a lot of his highlights, it is difficult because he had such an illustrious career. Um, 249 games for the Newcastle Knights from 1993 through to 2007. Um, you know, I, I think it's, um, you know, it, it's pretty incredible, you know, the performances that he put in in the red and blue jersey. I know for myself, you know, one of the things about um, Joey, and I saw this with Jonathan Thurston a little bit when he was at the Cowboys, is... You knew that he had. You knew that he was different. You knew that he was one of the all-time greats because, whenever he was on the team list, you know you knew that you know not only were you a chance, but you were going to you were going to win. You know, and and that was that was something that that Andrew Johns was very very special about. If he was in the football team, you were a very good chance. And, and, and if he wasn't there, it was it was dark days for the Newcastle Knights. There are a lot of times where Joey, you know, had a few different injuries here or there, and you know, suddenly we went from a team that was you know definitely in finals contention or or during some of our glory days competing for a competition, and then you know if Andrew Johns misses a game, we we definitely struggled significantly. So his impact was was incredible. In terms of trying to break down his play, I think, you know, one of the things that stands out uh, for me, you know, when it comes to his play was the defensive side. Um, You know, Joey was a renowned football, um, you know, he was renowned for his defensive play. You know, there's a lot of sort of halfbacks that have sort of come and gone that have really struggled with that, and quite rightly so. The, The athletes are... You know, they're, they're, they're quite unbelievable in terms of their athleticism these days. But, you know, Joey was unbelievable in terms of his defensive um, skill set. Uh, you flip it over to the offensive side of his game, and he had every um, skill set. You know, he was um, he was an incredible um, passer of the football, had good intuition for the game. Um, his kicking game was elite and arguably the best we've ever seen. He had every um, kick in the book. Um you know, the other thing that I, th- I feel like, you know, Joey sort of, you know, sort of stood out above others was his ability to kind of take back control of a football game, you know, because rugby league's all about momentum. You know, there's periods of the game where you're dominating, you're on the front foot and everything's going great. You know, what happens when the tables turn? And they always do. Every single game, momentum's going to go against you. How do you react? How do you respond? And I feel like Joey always had the skill set to be able to put in that long kick, you know, lead with a kick chase and really turn things around. So, um, you know, he, he was, he was, you know, truly incredible. You move through to, I guess, the, the leadership component of his skill set as well. And, you know, it was quite interesting because he came up during a period where he was surrounded by a lot of incredible, you know, leaders. You think about his relationship with the great Paul Harrigan, um, you know, he was skipper for many, many years and, 
I feel like Joey, you know, got an opportunity to really, you know, learn, you know, what it takes to be a leader um, under Chief. And then, you know, when Chief retired, it was quite interesting because a lot of people, you know, sort of expected Joey to jump straight into that leadership role. But, you know, there was there was sort of, um, you know, Tony Butterfield who, you know, again, you know, was, was an absolute leader, you know, within the club. He sort of, um, you know, got the nod there. But, you know, eventually the, the captaincy was handed to Joey. And, um, you know, I, I really feel like that was a, another big challenge for him because, you know, one of the, I guess, the all-time sayings or, or, or issues for some of our greatest players is, you know, it's often why they don't make great coaches, is how do you sort of relate and respond to, you know, some of the, I guess, less talented players in, in the team and, you know, Joey was pretty well well renowned for um, you know giving players a, a serve and being very difficult and being very demanding. But I feel like you know there was a level of maturity um, you know throughout his career as a leader where you know he really sort of um, you know bought into being captain of the club and um, you know it, it was great to see that he did get that opportunity. All right, let's talk through some of his achievements and there was plenty. Um, you know, let's start with the nineteen ninety seven. Um, you know, grand final and then that particular season, um, you know, it was special for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I was pretty young at the time, but, you know, you definitely got a feeling that, you know, um, you know, locally the area was struggling. You know, we had a lot of our, um, you know, the BHP had closed down. There were a lot of, there were a lot of people who were out of work. Um, and, you know, you just felt like the area was, was, was struggling. And, and, you know, the Newcastle Knights, and it still is a little bit today, but, you know, the world revolved around locally, um, the Newcastle Knights. There was so much passion for that football team. And, you know, what made it even more special is that you could just slowly see the building of a high-quality football team through our juniors. You know, Newcastle weren't necessarily in a position where they could go out and buy, you know, half a dozen international players. They really had to invest locally. And, you know, to see that young team, um, you know, sort of build was pretty special. Uh, in terms of the big 1997 grand final, obviously remember it. It's going to go down in history as one of the all-time uh, moments. You know, Joey's contribution to that was, you know, it, simply incredible. Um, you know, he obviously had the punction, uh, punctured lung um, and really shouldn't have played, you know, in that grand final. But, you know, he, his ability to, you know, you, you think about some of the all-time greats in sport, whether it was, you know, Michael Jordan, the, the flu game where he overcome, you know, being unwell to play in the playoffs. I really feel like, you know, um, you know it, it, it's quite understated in terms of, you know, what Joey did to overcome that injury. You know, the doctors were telling him that, you know, he could be, you know, he's putting his life at risk to play in this, um, in this grand final. And I, I just think it's understated in terms of, you know, what he was able to achieve, you know, going down as one of the greatest players of all time. But, you know, no one would have, um, you know, no one would have said anything had he, have, you know, stood aside. But, you know, he was there on the day. You know, in terms of the final play, um, you know, going to, going to Darren Albert, I, I feel like, it just, again, gives you, you know, one of hundreds of moments in Joey's career, probably thousands of moments, to be honest, where you did get a sense that this guy is different. I mean, you think about it, you know, the Newcastle Knights, they've never won a premiership. They were coming up against the Manly Winger Seagulls who had beaten them convincingly each and every time we'd played them previously. They were massive underdogs in that contest, you know. I know that Matty Johns was calling for the field goal. I mean, you know, 99.9% of football players would have been setting up for that field goal in that moment. But for Joey to skip down the short side and then hit Albert uh, back on the inside, it was just an unbelievable play where, you know, Joey's sensing fatigue. Um, you know, he knows that, um, you know, the winger was in there at marker and he saw the opportunity. I mean, it's just football IQ 
beyond anything we'd certainly seen um, for the Newcastle Knights. And, yeah, to get that 97 premiership was um, was incredible and a very, very much deserved um, there for Joey. Look, sticking at Clubland, um, you know, the next few years were, I feel like it's it's – there's some tough memories there, you know, for myself and I'm sure for Joey where, you know, he was absolutely playing at an elite level. But, you know, between 1997 and um, obviously we'll get to 2001 shortly. But during those years, you really feel like there was some lost opportunities, you know, where, you know, this is going to be one of the all-time great Newcastle Knights teams. And especially in the year 2000 where, you know, we had that lead um, against the Sydney Roosters in the semi-finals, and they were able to run us down. Um, and they went on to to, to play the the Brisbane Broncos. Um, anyway, we won't be selfish. There was plenty of success there, but I'm sure Joey thinks about you know some of those moments, some of those plays, some of those games where you know what could have been you know during that particular era. But still, unbelievably successful as we roll through to 2001, where. You know, uh, the Parramatta Reels, who hadn't won a grand final since the 80s, um, had just absolutely resold every single um, team in front of them. They'd broken all historical records um, offensively, defensively. They were an absolute powerhouse. They were the Melbourne Storm before the Melbourne Storm. This was an historic season. And then you get to grand final day where... You know, the Newcastle Knights, they sort of make their way through off the back of some unbelievable performances from Joey. And again, you're coming into that game as massive underdogs. And, you know, the story's being told, but, you know, you just you just think about some of these all-time great players who love to be doubted. Um, they find ways to motivate themselves. And, you know, I, I really feel like there was a lot of pressure. There, 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 there was a lot of pressure on the Parramatta Reels. I feel like they felt that. Um, it's been spoken about the grand final breakfast, that, that they're some of the moments where the Knights boys... Joey and others, you know, sort of grab the group together and say, you know, we got these guys, Parramatta are nervous, whereas we've got nothing to lose here. And, um, you know, a lot of those plays had been there before in 97 as well. And then, you know, you, you watch that first half, you know, 24 points to nil out of nowhere. And it was just, you know, that, that first half performance in that 2001 grand final was, you know, just an all-time performance. Um, and there was some really special moments with Billy Peden scoring a couple of tries, a bit of a local, um, you know, legend there. He didn't debut to his later 20s and, you know, some really special performances. But, yeah, to get those back-to-back premierships was incredible. Um, you know, at the time, you you, you know, and I, and I feel like a, a lot of fans of other codes feel this way when you've got an all-time grade in your team. You knew that it was eventually going to come to an end. And, you know, in 2007, Obviously, Joey has to retire uh, because of that neck injury. And, um, you know, two premierships, all the achieved at club level. Um, it's incredible. And, you know, so much so that it hasn't been done again. You know, there, there's obviously been a fair bit of distance now between 2001. It's, um, it's been a long time now for the Newcastle Knights. But, yeah, Joey, um, absolutely incredible. Uh, flip it over to his state of origin career. And we might hear from Joey now as he talks about probably one of his all-time highlights was in and around 2005 and I think it's at this moment, that performance, that origin series where Joey went from being, yeah, one of the all-time greats to being the all-time great. It's an easy one for me. Game two, um, 2005. I've been out for about 18 months. I had a knee reconstruction. I broke my jaw. And I thought my origin career was over. I really thought I'd never even play NRL again. And it's funny what happened. Uh, I was at the season launch. Uh, for the NRL and I bumped into Wayne Bennett and he said, how are you going with your rehab for your knee? And at that stage I said, I'm really struggling. I really don't know if I'm going to play again. I've got no f- you know, confidence in it. He said, look, a couple of our players have gone through the Queensland Institute of Sport. They rehab knees. Yeah. So 
uh, Michael Hagan went back and they contacted the Queensland Institute of Sport. I started going up there and I started getting great confidence and I was starting to come back full fitness. And I broke my jaw, which I was shattered at. But looking back, it enabled me to go up there and I based myself in Brisbane for about a month. And I rehabbed and I've never trained so hard. And I came back so fit and focused. And for me, it was something that I thought something I loved was taken away. And I got back. And after two games, Trent Barrett went down at training the last session, one of the last sessions, and I, I got to come back in. And for me, it was like, as I said, I thought it was taken away from me. I loved Origin footy, and I got another opportunity. I remember the session, I got down there, and for me, it was like I was a kid again. And Ricky Stewart talks about the way I lifted the mood at training. Uh, for me, I, I just knew I was going to play well. It's, I think it's the best game I ever played at Origin level. We end up going on and smashing Queensland in that game. End up going on winning game three also and winning the series. But for me, it was uh, it was my special time in Origin and probably the best I played. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was unbelievable to watch that performance. And you know that's the thing with with Joey is that you know he achieved the absolute um, pinnacle of our game for the Newcastle Knights. But he did it at every level. You know he threw on the New South Wales jer- jersey, he was able to do it there. He threw on the Australian jersey, he was able to do there. But that particular series, um, you know, you just sit back and watch that performance and, you know, you remember in the old rugby league weeks where, you know, very few and far between, you know, players would get a 10 out of 10. You know, it was you'd only see maybe, you know, one every couple of years and Joey's had a few in his time. But, you know, that 2005 performance there, you know, you heard there about, you know, all of the adversity that he'd gone through, um, you know, in terms of the injuries, you know, that he was really riddled by injuries in the back end of his career. But, you know, got himself fit, and um, you know he just he just knew heading into that series that, that that this was his moment, and he was the most physical player um, on that football field that day. Again, we're talking about a halfback. You know, whether it was in defence or, or carrying the football, his ability to offload, break tackles. Um, you know, Joey just wanted it more, and um, again, they, you know, will simply go down in history. Uh, look, for me, we usually end the all-ball legend, uh, legend series uh, with the question of, you know, should this particular player be immortal? Well, that's too late. Andrew Johns is the eighth immortal and certainly well-deserved. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, sort of younger people in and around Newcastle, the Hunter, and, and, and probably in and around Australia who watched him growing up play and really you know, helped us sort of love the game. He brought so much to it. And, um, you know, he's continued with that as well. I feel like his commentary... Obviously, his brother pokes fun at him from time to time in terms of how he first started. But, you know, you just listen to his analysis and his football IQ, even now staying connected in with the game. I think he's absolutely fantastic when it comes to media. And, you know, his contribution in terms of the New South Wales State of Origin camp, but, you know, can't be understated as well. He's done a lot of work with Nathan Cleary in the New South Wales camp, you know, under the, the, the you know, working with Brad Fittler. So Andrew Johns continues to kick goals uh, within rugby league. And, yeah, again, very lucky to have grown up and watched him play you know one of my all-time favorite players uh, but the question is is he the greatest player of all time you know for me it's Andrew Johns or, or Cam Smith and it's really difficult to differentiate between the two I, I feel like Cam Smith's CV is a little bit more impressive I feel like he won a little bit more but you know when you compare the two players themselves I, I've, I've got to go with Joey and uh, you know try not to be too biased here with my Knights fandom but Andrew Johns incredible player greatest player of all time and uh yeah, he's hoping we, we find the next one. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match 
in history. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, a bit of a fun match uh, as we talk about the Battle of Legends. We head to Parramatta. And, uh, yeah, two all-time greats for the Parramatta Reels. Nathan Kalis coming up against Nathan uh, Hindy Hindmarsh uh, tonight. Let, let's start with Kalis. You know, you... You know, we just come off the back of talking about, you know, one of the elite playmakers in the game. And, you know, quite often when you look at the NRL and and rugby league in general, you're always, you know, all of the flashy players really stand out, the players that are scoring tries. But, you know, I I tell you what, you cannot be successful unless you've got got players like Nathan uh, Kalis. Uh, an incredible enforcer for the Parramatta Club, an incredible leader, uh, six foot one, 106 kilos, played 259 games for the Parramatta Reels from 1997, um, you know, where, where he first started. And then his Kiwi career, um, it spanned over a decade as well with 39 caps for the Kiwi. So uh, an incredible, uh, incredible career there. In terms of Kalis, you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously the, the 2001 NRL Grand Final we just spoke about when it comes to Andrew Johns, you know, it, it, it was, you know, pretty devastating, you know, being for Parramatta fans and I'm sure uh, for Nathan. Definitely deserved um, that premiership after what was, um, you know, a, a very, very impressive career. Uh, very physical, um, you know, led from the front and, you know, Parramatta, they've, they've you know, they're very inconsistent franchise, as we know. So they've had some really special seasons, but they've also had some, you know, really dark, challenging moments. So, if, um, you know, I, I really, yeah, it's it's obviously disappointing that the Kalis wasn't able to get that grand final um, on his CV. But um, yeah, absolutely incredible player. Um, touching on his international career again, what what's to say? You know, the the disappointment of the uh, of the loss in in the grand final in two thousand and one. You know. You're never going to be able to come back from that. But the 2008 Rugby League World Cup, he captained uh, the New Zealand Rugby League team to victory. I mean, it's just, it's it's unbelievable. You know, they've, there's been times, and I do worry about this in terms of, I feel like Rugby Union, whilst they have their challenges, they get the international part of our game, um, the international part of uh, football. Uh, I, I think they're miles ahead of us, but... There was just periods there where the kangaroos were completely, you know, they were invincible. You know, and you just you very rarely saw, um, you know, the the kangaroos challenge besides the occasional test here or there. But to win a tournament, to win a World Cup, and you know, I, I really felt like that that sort of, um, you know, helped New Zealand rugby league in a big way because, you know, there was just a lot of this confidence. You know, there was a lot of tri nations that that were successful in the future where. Yes, they they would challenge. They would struggle in a in a one off test. But you put this group of guys together in a tournament. You let them build momentum, combinations, and form. And they they're gonna they're gonna challenge the Aussie. So you know Nathan Kalis, um, yeah, an incredible career. And to have a World Cup um, on his CV is pretty special. All right, let's throw it over to Nathan Hindmarsh, uh, Hindy. Obviously, you know, he's very well known as a bit of a larrikin these days, but um, an unbelievable football player. 330 games for the Parramatta Reels um, and a remarkable um, representative career. 23 caps for Australia, um, 17 for New South Wales. 
Um, you know, Hindy, I, I feel like there, there was a lot to his game. You know, during his younger years, he was an elite back rower offensively. I feel like his shape, his, um, his ability to, you know, run certain lines with his playmakers, you know, he was, he was elite. You know, he was, you know, your modern day back rower. Um, you know, again, six foot one, he was a, a player who could play in the middle, but had really good agility and footwork for a bigger man. So I know he plays the full now in media, but was one hell of a footballer. You know, as he started to age, um, I feel like his game matured a lot as well. Um, he was then, you know, very well renowned for his defence. You know, Heidi was one of those players where week in, week out, he was making 50 tackles. And I, I just feel like, you know, it goes a little bit underappreciated in terms of what that takes to be able to produce week in, week out at this level, over 26 rounds of football plus finals, you know, when Parramatta made it. So, you know, Hindy, um, again, I, I really feel like he was an elite ed- edge back rower um, offensively. And then towards the back end of his career, you know, probably lost, um, you know, a little bit of pace there. But, um, yeah, he did, then just backed it up with his defense. You know, was a great leader, um, was great in and around the group. And, you know, when you just think about that uh, uh, that blue and gold jersey of Parramatta Reels, you think about Hindy. Um, so, yeah, didn't quite get the premiership. I know there's been a you know a little bit of fun poked at him but um you know he won basically every representative game he ever he ever participated in so you know similar to Kalis he had a lot of success um at that level all right so no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match we've got to pick uh got to pick a player here is it Kalis is it Highmarsh Look, I've got to I've got to throw this one to Hindy. Three hundred and thirty games. I mean, there are very few players that hit the three hundred. Um, Hindy did it, and um, again, I know that he's a you know he's definitely a funny guy, um, incredibly talented in the media. But again, I'll say it again: an incredibly talented uh, football player, um, yeah, and achieved a lot in the game. So yeah, Hindy for me. All right, well, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we continue with our Legend series and we reflect on our favourite retired Warriors players um, and hasn't there been some incredible um, players over the years? But for me, there's no time to waste. I'm going to jump straight into it. Uh, it's Stacey Jones. Um, you know, Stacey, he just can't, came through an era, obviously, competing against, you know, Joey as, as one of the elite playmakers in the game. And, um, you know, you think about... Um, you know, where the game is now in terms of the Polynesian influence, you know, within rugby league. It's um, it's very, very special. And you just think about, you know, some of the, the legends of New Zealand rugby league that have helped grow our sport. And I just feel like Stacey Jones was so important. You know, did he contribute to, you know, Benji Marshall, you know, sort of finding rugby league and, you know, Sean Johnson's and, you know, all, all of the young players that are coming through now. I really feel like, you know, his success was was a big part of, you know, growing the sport in New Zealand, so much so now that, you know, it's crazy that we don't have a second team over there. I think it's, a, you know, just a matter of time before that happens. But, you know, let's flip it over uh, to Stacey, um, you know, during his NRL Hall of Fame speech because, um, you know, he talks a little bit about, you know, what rug- rugby league means for him. And, yeah, the little general, an absolute legend of our game. I played for um, the school I played for and then on and then becoming playing professional for for the Warriors and being here amongst so many greats you sit back and then it's so surreal you just you can't believe it Um, certainly a proud moment for myself Um, my family uh, my mother and father who were very supportive of me I know they'll be watching back home 
my wife, Rochelle, who was, you know, I wish she was here tonight um, to share this moment. Um, she's at home, she's got work tomorrow, and the kids as well, uh, my two girls and, and my young fella. So I'm so proud to be here. Um, you know, it's so unexpected. Very special moment to share it with, with this guy here, uh, a legend of our game. Um, very proud to represent um, the Kiwis, the black and white jersey, you know, was close to my heart, but also the Warriors. Um, she's pretty tough over there at times, um, you know, travelling over here every second week and being involved in coaching now, you, you realise that she, she's a tough gig, um, but very proud of, of what, what the Warriors do for our game and, and this is also a, a big accolade for them of, of what they've given me. So, again, once again, thanks very much to the NRL Hall of Fame. You know, you've made a, a pretty happy young Kiwi, Kiwi bloke here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely incredible there from Stacey Jones as he, as he accepts his uh, induction into the Hall of Fame. Um, again, you know, you look at his statistics, you know, 322 first grade um, games, you know, he uh, and, you know, he obviously had a little bit of a stint over at Catalan Dragons as well and was successful. Uh, but check this out, 48 caps for his country. Um, you know, we'll just go down as one of the all-time legends. And, you know, again, whenever you see sort of a, a younger, you know, sorry, an, an undersized player in our game, I always try and give them credit because, you know, I, I feel like Stacey, you know, although he talks about it, probably just doesn't understand how much that means to some of the undersized smaller players um, in and around the game coming through the junior pathways. You know, he was five foot seven. 82 kilos ringing wet and would go down as one of the all-time great players. So, you know, you think about some of the incredible athletes in our game, you know, the Sonny Bill Williams, the, the, the absolute monsters of our, of our sport. You know, if you're five foot seven and you've got the heart and you've got the determination, you can still be successful in our game. And I think that's what makes it truly special. So for me, uh, my favourite retired Warriors player, it's got to be Stacey, um, unbelievable player. And uh, again, you think about, you know, they've got the entire country in that one team. I'm sure Warriors fans are looking forward to finding and uncovering the next Stacey Jones. All right, team. Well, look, that's all the time we've got tonight. Just want to thank you for sticking with me with this special one-on-one um, episode. Uh, the whole panel will be back uh, next week, uh, which I'm really excited about. Um, and, you know, we really do appreciate your continued support of the NRL show. Um, how do you support us? Just continue to download the podcast. Don't just listen, download. Uh, we can't see you unless you're downloading our podcast. So please do that. We really do appreciate it. And until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.